part of us never grows up. There is always that four, six, ten-year-old trying to do for us what they think is best and not realizing it's keeping us back, it's withholding us, it's damaging us. We talk to that young person and we say, look, can you change because it's not helping now? And the short answer is yes. And the client moves forward. You can change your world just by thinking about it. You can change your stress levels just by having 10 minutes of letting go. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. Martin, thanks so much for joining us today on Pivot Me. Well, thank you for inviting me on, April. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're excited to get into both what you speak about on your Calming Anxiety podcast and also know some about your backstory, how you got into the work that you're doing. But first, let's do an introduction. So Martin Hewlett, clinical hypnotherapist and host of the Calming Anxiety podcast. He's joining us today to talk about the things he's working through with his millions of listeners. Um, We know that anxiety is definitely, um, my guess is at an all-time high, definitely not my specialty, but luckily it's yours. And so I think that your the information that you're providing, the teaching that you're providing, the, the information you're putting out there is just so critical at a time like this. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Pivot Me. And Martin, I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about, about your backstory, maybe even what got you into this type of work. I became a clinical hypnotherapist a few years ago after a huge mental breakdown. Um, classic story. And I, I have struggled throughout my life, people who know me before the event um, would say that I'm a totally different person now. Um, I was a very reactionary, um, fiery individual, one could say. Um, And then work were very supportive, gave me some incredible therapy called Rewind. And in an instant, it really was that sort of moment switching on a light bulb. I changed. Um, my childhood issues, uh, which have always been problematic, were no more. In fact, as I walked out from that first session, of which I was aware that and thinking to myself, well, part of me was thinking, this is rubbish. I just <laughs> sat in the middle of a car park and thought, whoa, that persistent voice in my head saying I was a failure and I was useless had gone and it set me free and more than that I thought I need to learn how to do this so I went off and I qualified as a hypnotherapist and then did more studies and subsequently I've then put hypnotherapy meditation mindfulness and my lifelong background as a martial arts instructor all into calming anxiety and started the podcast 13, 14 months ago, Uh and it has just exploded. It's bigger than anything I could have done. I only started it to provide a little bit of extra help for local hypnotherapy clients. Uh But within a year, it broke the 1 million download barrier, and it's the the graph is just going up all the time. I know no one should be grateful that that would be wrong or try to capitalize on the pandemic, but my podcast came along just at the right time. Sure. It's definitely not capitalizing. You're providing invaluable service in a time where globally we need your message. Yes. And global is the thing. I was amazed when I look at the statistics, the show is now charting in 86 countries. Wow. Um, and and then I look at the demographic and it, in a way, it's quite sad because the main demographic that listening on the show are 20 to 34 year old women. Mm. And, and, so, and 
and the emails I get as well of thanks. So I'm not going to be stopping anytime soon uh, because people need what I provide. Yeah. One thing I want to highlight, Martin, what you said was so important, so many things in there, but one is that, you know, in this show, Pivot Me, we talk about the pivots. We talk about these moments in our lives or business where sort of everything changed and you immediately highlighted a pivot. What's so important is that Martin used to be different. And then through this experience, he completely changed. And it's such a good reminder because, you know, I, I am a listener of your podcast and I listen to your message and you, you feel like the kind of guy who's always lived this way. Like this guy's always been on a meditation pillow. He's, yeah. he's balanced. He's peaceful. And so to know that, oh, I used to be very reactionary. Oh, I used to have a very different story about my life. I think yeah. that's one of the most important pieces of that because some people are looking and going, oh, well, he must have always been this way. And I yeah. love when we experience yeah. something or we change our story, our whole life has shifted. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could quantify it that. Um, if I was a religious person, I've been born again. That mm. I really, you know, it, it is a huge shift. And everyone, work colleagues mainly, but old friends who knew the previous version of me to how I am now, I am infinitely different. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am annoyingly different in my generalized calmness towards everything and. And I know other people can do it because I have been rock bottom. I've been down there. Um, I've had an eclectic mental health background and it never goes, you know, and I say that to clients and friends, don't think we're going to change you. You know, your background will never go, but you will be so much more at peace with what has happened in your past. Mm. And you'll use it almost as a badge of honor, not as a way of eliciting um eliciting an emotional response and sympathy it's not for sure. that it it's to say yeah i've been through that but it's made me a much better person um, mm-hmm. and that's what i do with uh clients when i do one-on-one hypnotherapy you know yeah. um don't let your past define you but use it as an instrument of strength and growth and yeah and like i've pivoted twice once was that amazing moment when I walked out for my first session um and then when I I listened to Pat Flynn who's a YouTuber and it was his suggestion I was just listening I was thinking well I'll do a a YouTube channel and I'll build that up but when I found him and he said podcasting I just you know it's that light bulb moment Uh that would be me and now the podcast is defining my brand you know Uh It's, yeah, I didn't see, and I didn't see this two years ago at all, or even this time last year. Um, How, what a significant change that you never saw yourself as being a podcaster. Did you do public speaking or anything where you spoke to a large audience? I I know your background is um, also as a paramedic for years. I mean, have you ever done anything like this? Um, Well, I have. I, I worked on local radio when I was at college Mm -hmm. and then a friend of mine and myself we helped set up um, a shopping center radio station so I've done that but not in a professional sense sure Um, but being a martial arts instructor you get used to speaking to people and then being a paramedic Mm -hmm. that just gives you an incredible life skill of dealing with every situation that life will throw at you Um, but I've never done the speaking that the podcast entails. And then when the when when the messages and the emails come in and you realize the responsibility, you then start yeah. thinking, I better do this very carefully and professionally. And when I do record them, I'm recording them mainly for me, for the younger version of myself. Oh. So I'm doing it from a place of compassion and empathy. Um, and I think that comes across when you hear other apps, they're recorded by professional speakers, but I'm, I actually record them in one take, close my eyes and talk to the four-year-old me. Mm. That's, that's who they're for. That's powerful because part of building um, a brand and a podcast is sort of yeah. identifying your avatar. You and I spoke offline about yeah. this last week. 
Um, but it's so important to have a clear picture of who you're speaking to. And that was amazing to, to hear you're speaking to a younger version of Martin. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's really crucial for anyone going through problems where they think it started when they were younger. Mm-hmm. You've got to meet your younger self. Tell them it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. Go and rest. I forgive you. Give them a hug and then move on. And that's actually a very crucial cornerstone in hypnotherapy and mindfulness. So, sure. Sure. Can you talk about, I, I, I want to eventually get into some of the things that you do, you know, tips for mindfulness, for all my anxiety, but I would love to know, I, I think of this sort of previous version of Martin that was more reactionary, I'm sure, you know, anger and all sorts of things that were going into it. How different is your life? You say you're annoyingly different. In what way are you experiencing life different now because of the work that you've done? Um, I, apart from the odd occasion, because no one's perfect, I'm just calm. I just, if I see people getting angry, like in shops and queues, I will actually approach them and go, you don't need to be like this. You know, I'm just, I, I drive a lot calmer. In fact, I, well, I've had to change it. Yeah, because I put the calming anxiety logo on the back of the car, so I can't go around cutting people up now. You can't be the angry driver, right? <laughs> no, but I have two cars, so I have the calming anxiety, car, and then I have the matte black thirty-year-old sports car. Okay, so if you're in a rush to be somewhere, you don't use the calming anxiety car. Is no, what I'm hearing. Okay, but I live my life that I don't have to rush anywhere. Yeah, um, and even. When I was out on the road as a paramedic, you know, it's just if you rush, you'll make mistakes. Mm-hmm. If you just take a deep breath and go, I'm going to do the best I can do. There is no need for stress. There's no need for anger. Don't get upset about the, the things outside of your scope that you cannot change. Like we mm-hmm. cannot change the pandemic. What mm-hmm. we can do is change the way we react to it. Sure. And yes, it's stressful. And, you know, I, I'm in a stressful situation. In the next eight weeks, I have to move house. The people who own this house are selling it and we have to move out. There's no houses in the market at the moment. But, you know, I could get wound up, but it won't benefit me and it won't sure. benefit the family I have. So. Sure. We, we can't change the occasion, but we certainly can change our response to the occasion. So. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you, um, either through your podcast or directly to um, to clients, what are some of the things that you tell them to do to manage anxiety? Pro- I'd probably frame it specifically in the light of what's going on. So obviously some people's businesses and jobs have been dramatically changed. Some mm-hmm. I know you guys are going through a lockdown again as well. Um, some people have kids at home that are doing uh, distance learning. There's a lot of uh, change. And so I guess I would I would love for you to speak to both anxiety and perhaps navigating the change. How best to navigate it? Well, I appreciate that because I'm homeschooling the kids at the moment. Mm-hmm. Whilst working for the ambulance service, 12-hour shifts at home. Um, and just to explain that, I have to monitor newly qualified paramedics. The computer we use for data protection has to be refreshed every two minutes. So there's no not paying attention to it whilst homeschooling. And after four days of that this week, this morning I woke up, I had a blinding headache. I was really stressed. I was tired. And I made the decision. I phoned the school up and said, we're not doing it today. I need to stop. And I took the kids out for a walk in the woods with the dog and we got muddy. Uh You have to realize when you're getting to that point, no, put yourself first, put your own feelings and thoughts first and look after yourself because you cannot look after your family if you're at breaking point right Mm -hmm. now it is really difficult if your job's going down there's no income because you're self-employed that is horrible but you still need to take time out you really do you need to look after this part more than anything else because if if that fractures then you're no good to anyone you can't support the family in the UK and in the Western Hemisphere, although you might lose your possessions, you'll always have a roof over your head. It might not be the lifestyle you want. Mm-hmm. And so being mindful in the morning when you wake up and just lying there for five minutes, just collect your thoughts, 
focus on your breathing. And there's not just my show. There are thousands of podcasts out there. And there's lots of apps, which I don't want to mention because I'm about to take them on head to head. <laughs> Martin's got a new uh, upcoming surprise around the, around the corner. Yeah. yeah, we have. And it's and it's unique, but you really do need to take time out. You need to learn how to meditate. And if you don't know about meditation, it's just relaxed breathing and stopping and being mindful of how your body feels right now. Uh-huh. And yes, you can listen to my app or you can download my ebook. They're all free. But it, there is no excuse not to do it. You can't uh-huh. say you don't have time, right? Everyone can give it five minutes. I mean, there's a Hal Elrod with his miracle morning if you want to get up early, which I don't want to do. I tried it. It's not for me. I'll get up at my own time, but I will set the alarm and for five minutes I will just lie there mm-hmm. and just breathe. And when I go to bed at night, I do a breathing exercise mm-hmm. and it just gives you that time for you to reset all those anxious thoughts, right? Control what's going on in your house and I... It is difficult for everyone. Okay? Mm-hmm. But in a first world country, we have social care and it may not give you enough right now. Mm-hmm. Financially, you might be really stressed, but just take care of your own mind and sure. see it in a different light. Cuddle your kids, no matter how obnoxious they're being, they can't help it. But we can as adults, we can correct our response to difficult situations. Sure. Um, Sure. Yeah. Do you practice mindfulness with, with the kids? Um, I know that's, that there, whether yeah. that's meditation or even just talking them through a breathing exercise or a way to, you know, when they're young, we have a seven and nine year old and regulating our emotions can be a challenge. And so I'm curious if you recommend, Hey, take a deep breath or take a walk. What, what no, advice no. you give to kids? My stepkids are seven and nine and they were, especially Henry, who's nine. He was, um, Challenging, but beautiful, but challenging. And in the last year. I totally know what you mean, Martin. Yeah. He has changed so much. He understands it. He he gets upset that he gets frustrated and loses his temper, but he's aware it's happening. And that's so crucial. When you're aware that you're letting yourself down, it's not letting me down. He lets himself down and he corrects it. And that's beautiful to see that connection between a wasted emotion you know, but, and, and there again, you know, when I get it wrong, I'll always turn around because he'll point it out. I'll point it out. I go, no, I made a mistake. You know, I need to stop. I need to take a deep breath. And that they are part of the podcast. They see me record it. Um, and I'm teaching him online business and entrepreneurship because he's got that explosive mind that likes to fire out in all directions. Whereas, mm-hmm. Uh, regular academia is not his thing. Whereas uh-huh. seven-year-old Emily is just a SWAT and we both hate her because she's clever. You know, <laughs> her, her mathematical abilities and her sporting prowess is annoying. You know, she can do 20 chin-ups. 20. She's seven. It's just insane. But yes, they're, they're learning mindfulness. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. You know, one thing I want to point out in in what you said, Martin, is you also said, I'm not perfect. I make the mistakes and I own it in front of my kids. And I want to highlight that because I think um, we do the same. And that is such a critical thing to do with your kids, because I think there was a there was a time when people felt like as parents, we needed to be on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And that is not relatable. And when we share in that kind of moment of vulnerability and that moment of mistakes, Um, That's what makes us relatable. It's important to let your kids see you screw up and then how you manage it going forward. I lost my temper. I said something I shouldn't have said. I should have managed this. I should have managed traffic or disappointment better. I think that's such an important thing that you own that and then they get to see you fix it. Yeah. When I brought up my first two, because I was a house husband for nine years with my eldest boys, Jake and Tom, they're 26 and 28. I always wanted to bring them up as young adults and Mm -hmm. let them debate with me. And I always remember Jake got to five and I said, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And he came back with a counter argument that absolutely nailed me. And I go, actually, you're right. So we'll do your way. Yeah. And they grew up learning the value of debate and respect. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I didn't get it right back then, and I had a lot of trouble, but that was my past interfering with me. Mm-hmm. I'm damn right going to make sure I get it absolutely spot on with these two. And and it's the, I don't know, the privilege of being a step-parent as well and being really broody. I get to do it all again. I get two lives. I'm yeah. just so, so lucky with that. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. I think it's it offers us that moment of reflection, and I see that in um, both step parents a step parent situation. I've also seen that in grandparent situation, where mm. the way that they uh, are as a grandparent is in stark contrast. And I don't mean just sweets, but I mean it's in stark contrast in in how they were as a parent. And um, I think they've got the benefit of experience. They also got the benefit of reflection. Yeah, uh, and if if only we could all have that. I think that we can. Even people that are going through the first time around, we can have that benefit of experience and reflection um, just by creating it, just by thinking about how did I navigate that situation? How could I have done it better? What did I model for my kids? We don't have to wait. We've get the benefit of of doing it right and being more intentional. I'm a big fan of being an intentional parent, but that takes reflection. You've got, and you've got to build that in. You got to go, oh, I didn't navigate that well. I'm going to do that differently and explain it to your kids in the process too. Yeah. I mean, I think when a parent apologizes to their child, that, that is really powerful. It's very powerful for the child to see that adults, especially the most important adults in their life uh-huh. can make a mistake and then say, sorry, uh-huh. it helps your child grow. So is, can you speak on that a little bit more? Because I think there's definitely parents or kind of on a, a, a different tension of parenting, but this is so important. Many parents are, are I believe, they're concerned that they will diminish their authority by apologizing, by acknowledging that they don't have the answers or that they made a mistake. Can you speak to why that is so important? I think that's just personal pride. You know, some mm-hmm. people just never like to say sorry, ever. Yeah, you know, we, we all have work colleagues and you can see them do something and you go, well, I didn't do that. And you're just like, but I saw you. And I think that's part of their um, child response that's really embedded deep in their psyche. Mm-hmm. That, that I, think, I think hypnotherapists are very aware of how we react is all born from how we were as a child. Because mm-hmm. part of this never grows up. It's just, it is important to show your children that you're human. And if we want them to apologize for their mistakes, a child knows if we've made a mistake, they're not stupid. Mm. And if we lie to them, then all we're teaching them is that lying's acceptable. That's what adults do. And we shouldn't. If we want to bring our children up to be the best versions of themselves, we mm-hmm. have to be honest. And we're not perfect. Just sure. because we're a parent doesn't give us some God power. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I turn around to my lot and say, you know, I do have an issue. I do get it wrong at times, quite a lot of times, uh-huh. but I'm always trying to improve. Uh-huh. Always do. And there are some things I don't wish to change. Uh, my other half says, well, you know, if you want to be perfect, you could change this. <laughs> but I, you know, um, I've come a long way. Yes, I want to be calm in most situations but i'm still me you know we shouldn't strive for perfection Mm -hmm. um my core value is i never want to knowingly and on purpose upset or hurt another person wow um you know i would never want to put someone down belittle them or make myself feel superior to someone that that's just not and i'd like my kids to do that as well I would imagine that core value, can I guess, is a contrast to how you used to conduct your life? Yeah, I wasn't. No, I wouldn't. I'd never want to have been a bully. Mm-hmm. I may have been unwittingly. Um, and I'm prob- probably sure a lot. I mean, yes, I've got some colleagues who put in complaints that I was bullying, but it wasn't intentionally. It wasn't from a sociopathic, narcissistic point of view, whereas we sure. all know people who are and they know they are. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, I've changed and, uh, I deeply regret the people that I've upset in the past through my inability to understand how I interacted. Wow. Yeah. A lot of warnings gone on over the last 
few years. I bet. I bet. One of the things that we discuss in this, uh, in, in Pivot Me, we talk a lot about communication. So usually most of our business owners, or most of our listeners are business owners. So we talk a lot about how we communicate with our team, our employees, and our, and our family and the most important relationships we have in life. But that it's not so much about what you say. It's what the listener hears. Yeah. And that's hard because it puts the onus back on us. Um, but I'm a big believer in in radical responsibility over how we show up in this world. One thing I want to uh, mention, Martin, that I think uh, is is so valuable. You're talking about how essentially we parent the way that we were parented, and that's by default. And it takes a very very intentional change to not parent the way that we were parented. And which is funny because even people that are doing it, if you say, "Well, did you like the way you were parented?" Oftentimes the answer is no, and yet we're still replicating it. So can you talk about how to not parent the same way we were parenting, whether that's a practice, a book? Talk to us about that. That was a key point in me wanting to be a parent. Mm. I wanted to break the cycle. So I had an older brother, and we had a very difficult father. We had a very difficult upbringing. I was fortunate. I was put into secure psychiatric care at 14 and a half. And that helped <laughs> really, I mean, massively. And I have a massive debt of gratitude to the psychiatrist that identified it and put me in there. And then the psychiatric nurses that helped me survive. Um, so when I had children, I wanted to give them something I didn't have. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure my ex-wife would sort of like go not all the time there mark but i made a conscious effort to break that cycle mm -hmm. my brother didn't and he went through life with the same baggage that mm -hmm. he'd had and also i had a colleague that had a similar upbringing to me and they've moaned about it all their life and mm -hmm. it defines how angry they are i mean colleagues call him mr angry Mm. And he still perpetuates the abuse he suffered and he doesn't see it, even though I've, wow. I've put it out to him. I said, look, you're just sure. like your dad explodes. It takes, and I'm not bigging myself up, but it just takes a massive amount of strength to try and break that. Sure. But I wanted to, and I tried my best with my first family and I'm damn well doing a better job this time. No disrespect to Jake and Tom. Um, but, you know, I, it is difficult. You know, mm -hmm. if you had a bad upbringing, that, that is what you do. You know, that is the framework. You know, people say, well, that's how we react, isn't it? I always remember this colleague, something happened at work and he opened the back of the ambulance and he just said, well, I shout at you, you shout at me and then we hug. He goes, me and my wife are always shouting. And I was like, no, I don't shout. That, mm -hmm. That's not how grown-ups do it. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't make that connection, that that's how his dad had treated him, and that's mm -hmm. how he treats absolutely everyone. Yeah. Um, I think you've got, especially for a, a male, you mm -hmm. have to really swallow a massive dollop of humble pie okay. and say, this is wrong, I was wrong, I want to improve. Mm. And it's difficult, you know, because we are human sure. and part of us never grows up. There is always that four, six, ten-year-old trying to do for us what they think is best and not realizing it's keeping us back, it's withholding us, it's damaging us. And through hypnosis, we talk mm -hmm. to that young person and we say, look, can you change because it's not helping now? And the short answer is yes. And they, the client moves forward. Wow, yeah. that's powerful. So there's first got to be an awareness that it's happening. And what I hear is also owning it. Hey, I'm doing this and I, mm. I, I need to do better. I think that's probably just speculating. That's probably one of the biggest um, jumps right there is just the awareness that it's happening because yeah. it can just be, hey, this is just how I communicate this as you were talking about this, I'm thinking about some colleagues that I've worked with that were yellers and they're like, this is just how we communicate. And I'm like, I'm, that's not how I communicate. If I'm yelling, I'm terribly wrong because that's, that's just, I communicate for a living, always have been. And that's never the way I would always say, nobody can hear your message because of your delivery. 
Yes, um, you can be saying the most profound thing, but if it's at that level, either, you know, some people are rallying to fight you and then the other people are scared of you. They can't yeah. hear your message. If someone raises their voice to me at work or a patient or any time, mm-hmm. I switch off. Don't want to know. Yeah. Because, because they're not listening. No one gets their point across with anger and aggression. Mm-hmm. No one does. We learn through debate, through listening. You know, that's that's just crucial. And, and subsequently, if you shout at your kids, which we all do because we're human, they're not going to learn, are they? You should only shout to protect them if they're in danger. It's just how, how with a child who will shut down emotionally inside their head if you're shouting because they're scared and upset because they've annoyed the most important person in their world how are they going to learn they're not i think that's a really important message is never Mm. shout at your kid and it's tough because i think people do that and they believe they're getting the desired response like oh well they're not going to do this again because i made a really big impression Mm. on them but i think all you've done is made your child fearful of you Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's Uh, powerful. Yeah. Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A-game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new Four Steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. Go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now, and Four Steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself, and I'll show you how to do it in Four Steps. One thing I would love um, to understand is how, so you said, you know, pretty traumatic childhood. Um, you broke away from your story, um, which is amazing, and actually kind of at the at the center of of my, my work and my brand um, is change your story, change your life. Yeah, uh, And you and I haven't talked about this much, but that's something that I firmly believed in because I very much stepped away from, from my story and I've helped so many clients do it where, well, I'm not the kind of person that does this, but the power is in changing your story. And it's not about the event because two people can experience the exact same event, have different stories about it. One is empowered by it. One is, um, we'll use it as a crutch for the rest of their life. Not to say that these things aren't traumatic, but they're not reasons to never, to never thrive. Um, but how does your experience when you were younger and, and going through the, the instant, the psychiatric, um, Institute, how does that experience help you today, both through the podcast or the work that you do with clients? Is it just because, Hey, I've been through this too. I imagine you've got a unique perspective. Um, well, that, that definitely helps. And especially say as a paramedic, whenever there's a mental health job, my crewmates go, you're going, and I, <laughs> sure. I will go into some clients and I'll say, right, what's the issue? And they'll, they'll turn around and say, I've got borderline personality disorder. And I just turn around and go, you know, even trying borderline, that's rubbish. I've got this full blown uh, dissociative personality disorder. And at that point you just bond because they go, actually, this person's talking to me as a human being. They're not annoyed. Um, there's two answers. One, yes, my background helps me with people, mm-hmm. clients, and the listeners, because they know I've experienced it. I'm not, I haven't just done some exam or I'm not just a podcaster who wants to grow in this space. Sure. But it's intrinsically who I am. Ever since I was sentient, I've wanted to reach out and help. I never realized, well, I became aware of it about 10 years ago that I'm just driven to care. That's why I've ended up. Mm -hmm. as a a medic and now as a hypnotherapist and now as a podcaster Um, i couldn't be a fighter or an airline pilot as much as i wanted to be a pilot i can't deny how i'm wired which is 
to look after others. And I know people go, mm, that's really wishy-washy, but it is an undeniable fact. It's what mm-hmm. I do well. Um, mm-hmm. So it just, everything's culminated in me having this podcast mm-hmm. and finding something that I can do, which I really enjoy and which serves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want nothing else than that, apart from mm-hmm. world domination and be the number one podcast. Just yeah. those things, yeah. Those things, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I might be able to help you with those. Um, so we have, we have books in our team and they're called World Domination. They actually have that printed on the front. So funny that you would say that. One thing I would love for you to speak to is, so a lot of our listeners are high performance. I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit offline, but I said, um, we're the pretty driven type. And sometimes that is hard to switch off. You know, you're at work, you're, you're running your business, you're hard charging. And because of that, sometimes we're not as always, we're not as open about struggles, whether that's anxiety or depression or just feelings of overwhelm because, hey, I'm I'm the leader. I am the person with the plan and there's really no space for me to, to kind of pause or have a moment of weakness. Can you speak to someone who is a high performer that maybe is experiencing overwhelm or anxiety um, today? They, they just need to take time out, just even if it's five minutes, but 10 minutes a day, just to be aware of the moment, right? Your brain needs that because when you're asleep, your subconscious is working through all all the memories of the previous day mm-hmm. and putting everything in order and letting the brain rest and relax. And then when they wake up, they're on go for those 12 hours or more. And, you know, I've been there when I've done far too many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. If you don't take time, you will be stressed. Right? And I was about four years ago. The doctors wanted to put me on blood pressure tablets. My blood pressure had crept over the 140 barrier. Mm-hmm. And this is when I started to get really into mindfulness. And I, I declined it because I know that's a lifestyle problem, as is type 2 diabetes, which mm-hmm. I stopped as well. And I just chose at that point to be more relaxed. And it, people go, oh, you can't just choose to be more relaxed. You can. Hmm. I do my blood pressure at the beginning of a shift in the ambulance. And I was happy once I got it down to 120, but I knew I could do more because I am so competitive in everything. It got worrying for my colleagues when my blood pressure was like 82 over 50 and my heart rate was 34. And they're like, I think you need to go to hospital. Well, we'll be going there later anyway. (laughs) You can change your world just by thinking about it. You can change your stress levels just by having 10 minutes of letting go. And for those who haven't tried it, give it a week. Just give yourself a week. Say, okay, let's see really if this works. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just me it's worked for. Someone Mm -hmm. who's bizarrely over-the-top OTT, always a centre of attention, hyper, manic, and then massively depressed. It works for millions of people. You know, Mm -hmm. I I didn't come up with it. Mindfulness has been around, certainly in the East, where they do meditation. It works. It's not some new age. It's not airy-fairy. It's just something we've forgotten to do. Uh-huh. which is take care of ourselves in the moment, just to learn to breathe, just to go, hmm, yeah, right, that's cool, yeah. you know. And and I've seen it from people who don't even know mindfulness and meditation. My favourite moment in my entire career is meeting a woman who I had known, I'd saved her life three times from heroin overdoses so she was flat she was blue we, we bag her um, pump, pump air into her we give her narcan reverse it she gets up tells us we're all idiots and other things and then runs away mm-hmm. and then a couple of years later i'm on a separate drop to an elderly person and there's this carer there and i'm kind of trying to think because i'm hopeless with names and memories and i say do i know you she goes probably saved my life a few times. I was a heroin addict. That's it. And she wasn't just a heroin addict. She was an alcoholic as well. So she had the worst addictions. I said, well, how did you get over it? And she goes, I just woke up one day and said, enough. 
I went, pardon? She goes, yeah, I just said enough. I stopped. She went cold turkey, off drink and heroin. And, and, and she still lives in the same community. So she's still surrounded by the society and wow. her social circle that still do drugs. Mm-hmm. I just thought, if she can do it, anyone can do it. I, I'm desperate to find her. I want to interview her. Yeah. I, I want to empower her as a poster of what you can do if you choose to. If mm-hmm. you're ready to let go, you can choose to do it. It's amazing. It's, I mean, again, that's at the center of change your story and change your life. So her, her circumstances didn't change at all. And whatever drove her to be a heroin addict and an alcoholic, there's mm. probably quite a bit of trauma um, in there to, to put her in that place. Um, though that, that situation still existed. That childhood or experiences, whatever it is that led her to that dark place in her life still existed. All she did is change the story about them. Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not suffering because of this. Now I'm going to be strong because of this, because of the the struggles that I've navigated have made, have made my muscles stronger. It's given me grit. Yeah. I I see too many people who use it as an excuse for Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-achievement. I can't be too specific, but one girl once turned around and go, Oh, you don't know what it's like. My nan died seven years ago. And I just, I really did rip into her and said, you have no idea. My dad died three weeks ago. I've never used it as an emotional crux. And I really made her look at what she was trying to achieve and get out of this uh-huh. sympathy, which was unfounded for where she was. And she changed. We walked out and my crewmate said, Mart, you never told me about your dad dying three weeks ago. I said, we didn't, but she didn't know that. And she needed to have a wake up call. It's just wow. Like, oh, wow. You're a good actor. Um, and, and sometimes people need to be told. We, we do need to be blunt. Go, look, you're using that for the wrong reason. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you want a better life, you're going to need to put in something called hard work. You're going mm-hmm. to have to face reality. You're going to have to admit your failings and mm-hmm. your mistakes and then move forward. And it is hard. It's very hard. Sure. And I feel sorry for people who can't overcome it which is why people like you and me are there to try and help with our experience. For sure. For sure. One thing I want to ask about earlier, you said that uh, you tried getting up early. You referenced the Miracle Morning. Um, <laughs> we love that book. Um, in fact, we just had one of the, the co-authors for the Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs on a few weeks back. Um, huge fan of morning routines. I hear that getting up early is not your cup of tea. But tell me, do you have a morning routine in general? So it's not early, but when Martin does get up, do you have kind of a set of habits that you follow through to set yourself up for success? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm Because I work shifts and have done for 20 years, I can't have a morning routine. Um but something I've always learned because when I was 13, I had a paper round and, and because I was so committed, even at that age, I had six paper rounds. So I'd get up at three 30 to go and knock them out before school. I, as soon as the alarm goes on, I'm mm-hmm. not a news person. As soon as that goes off, I'm up straight away and will commit to what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I watched Hal's miracle morning premiere film and i started to do it but i realized that doesn't suit me yeah um, sure so tomorrow i have to be on shift for the ambulance service at seven instead of giving up at 10 to 7 because i work from home so it's just a walk down the corridor mm-hmm. i will wake up at half six because i want to do my breathing exercises sure i want to just think okay i'm ready let's go yeah um, that's the only thing i do but sure. the last few years of mindfulness and meditation, as soon as I wake up, my brain's like, let's go, let's do it. It's time. It's time. Yeah. So just a couple more questions for you, Martin. One is, um, what, tell us what's next for you. You mentioned you've got some, some things you're working on in the background. What's next for Martin? Yeah. So a fantastic new milestone happened this week. I found a sponsor In fact, they approached me. So Calming Anxiety next month is being sponsored by a company. And I've waited a long time because I wanted to align with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I won't advertise on your show, but I'm really happy with that. Sure. Um, I hope people who listen will appreciate 
the sponsorship. They'll like the, the product. Um, but we're building the Calming Anxiety app. And it's not just for mindfulness. It's a radical departure from what are out there like Calm and Headspace. Mm-hmm. And we have some big plans. And if we get the backing, fingers crossed, this will when, be... When you get the backing, Martin? When, yeah. Um, my my business partner is discussing that with someone who's backed some of their other projects. Yeah. And my business partner is... It, approached me they are a super fan so pat flynn would be very proud of this this is a great story of providing they sure. like they helped redesign so this is my old logo but they've re- redesigned the new one because they said it needs to be more professional mm-hmm. i was thinking about an app they said they phoned me up and said you need an app i go no but go i'll build it and this so, is a super fan i just want to emphasize guys this yeah. is not someone that martin hired this is someone who's been impacted by the work that he's doing and has yeah. jumped in to leverage his business even more yeah so the you know i've scripted him all out it's it's taking me in a new direction this app will be a legacy it's i, I don't want to say anything because i don't want to give away what we've put in it I sure, don't want, sure. Um, other people jumping sure but it's mind-blowingly brilliant Uh, and and don't anyone listening think oh he's a little bit overconfident this is something between me and this Uh part of mine and we've come up with some ideas that aren't out there Uh if you want to look after your mental health Uh this i i'm going to be so proud and also if it's the success that we believe it will be, mm-hmm. it means I can then go on and create something that will be so incredible. So I I would like to support um, adolescent mental health in North Devon and then the Southwest, and this will be able to fund that charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, normally I can sleep at night. I just lie down and I'm out. But now my mind is racing with the extent that this is taking me and if yeah. ever you had someone who's pivoted from a small acorn this will be a forest of oak trees it will be phenomenal i will be i i will pass away a very happy man if my goals are reached you're li- you're living out your legacy right now i mean yeah. talk about a topic that's near and dear to your heart that you're in a unique position to both um understand but also remedy it's not just that you may have had similar past, but you also have the tools and the expertise to help people in this exact situation. It's got to work. And it, when we speak about our passions and our missions and when the thing that's really pulling at us, the thing that keeps us up at night, as we share that, people, super fans um, and connectors and networkers, they're, they, they, they're attracted to that. And so I'm so glad that you shared it on this podcast because someone who's listening right now might be saying, I'm passionate about the same thing. I'm passionate about the work that Martin's passionate about. How can I align with him? Um, Which is fantastic. So I have one more question, but before I ask that question, where can people find you, Martin? Well, the podcast Calming Anxiety is on every single platform. Uh I do like that. Um, Going into people's home going, hey, Alexa, play Calming Anxiety. (laughs) I do the same thing. We couldn't, we couldn't fix Google Home, but we finally did. So now yeah. I'm like, I want to go to people's houses and start my podcast. Yeah, yeah I know. It's just, sorry. It's, it just it's tickled joy. me we could do that. Yeah. Um, the website is martinhewlett.co.uk or direct to the podcast is calminganxiety.net, which is okay. actually part of my website, but it's a direct link. And there are over 300 shows all there. All, so powerful. All for free. Mm. absolutely check out martin's podcast check out the calming anxiety we're going to put the link to the show notes um that the topics are are so relevant right now they're incredibly helpful no no doubt that um as you skim through them think about how they'll help you but also think about who else they can help whether that's um a cube mate that you have whether that's a partner maybe even an adolescent that is struggling someone you know needs to hear what martin has to say right now so this is a way for us to pay it forward is think about who do we know that needs this message um, and make sure you share it with them. So Martin, my, my last question, this one's a big yeah, one. Yeah. Um, 
if you could say any message to the world, so if the world's listening right now, um, what would you want to tell them? If you've had a difficult past and you just accept it, you know, you can't change it. Just say, look, I'm sorry for the hurt I went through or I created. Draw a line and then move forward. Nobody's perfect, but sadly, the negative anchors of our past hold us back from really being who we want to be. Mm -hmm. I'm a really powerful testament to that. And I would like to, through the podcast, help others. You know, And it's we're at 1.4 million downloads in 13 months. If I've helped even a tenth of those people, that's a lot of people who are now living a happier life. That's what I'd like to do. Oh, Martin, that's so good. I'm so glad to play a part in that as well. Um, you have a great message, and I'm excited for more of the world to hear it. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Martin. What an interview. Man, I just love Martin's realness. You know, how he shows up honest and vulnerable about his his own upbringing, being in an institution at 14, and really what led him on this this path to be this amazing hypnotherapist. I really enjoyed how he emphasized that parents, it's okay to actually apologize to your kids when we screw up because they know when we do. We aren't on a pedestal, as Martin reminds us. Kids know we've made mistakes. It's just a matter of whether we address it and make amends. It's not about being right all the time. It's it's about course correcting and letting them watch that course correction because we're teaching them how to course correct in the future. One of my favorite lines uh, of, of Martin's today was, you can change your world just by thinking about it. He was not talking about some Herculean effort to change your world. He's not talking about practices or habits or books, just by thinking about it. Connect with Martin. Have a listen to the Calming Anxiety Podcast, and you will be glad you did. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.